from the number one convention, sports, and entertainment destination in the world. I'm your host, Parker Hendricks, and this is The Authorcast. Welcome back to The Authorcast. On today's episode, I sit down with the Executive Director of the Georgia World Congress Center Authority, Mr. Frank Poe, to discuss the challenges of 2020 and what is on the horizon, not only for our facility, but for the industry as a whole. Mr. Poe has an extensive background in the convention business that spans almost 50 years, and he was awarded the Convention Center Lifetime Achievement Award by the International Association of Venue Managers in 2016. His extensive background, paired with his leadership experiences during times of crisis, make this conversation a must-listen for those in our industry. Before we get started, I want to remind you to subscribe, rate, and review the Authorcast at gwcca.org backslash the Authorcast. It is also available on the Apple and Spotify podcast platforms. Due to COVID-19 protocols, this interview was conducted over Zoom, and because of that, you might hear some slight feedback. Thank you for your understanding, and as always, thank you for supporting us. Here's my conversation with Frank Poe. I am honored to be joined by the Executive Director of the Georgia World Congress Center Authority today, Mr. Frank Poe. Uh, Mr. Poe, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Glad to do it, Parker. Appreciate the opportunity. So to get started, I'm going to ask you, 2020 was a tough year for a lot of people, especially our industry. I know that you serve on several task force and you uh, meet with uh, different uh, venue managers and show planners um, throughout the year. Where do you think that the current health of our industry stands right now? Indeed, 2020 was a a, a very difficult and challenging year and, and quite honestly not like any other that I've had the opportunity I guess to be a part of um, you know it was a it really a sort of a total shutdown of live performances sporting events convention trade shows uh, meetings of any size uh, where people were you know, together you know, in groups uh, for whatever the function was that they were going to participate in. So from that perspective alone, it was uh, very, very different than what we, uh, what I've had the, uh, it, it, my experiences in the past. With that being said, um, you know, in the process, I, I think each, uh, each situation brings with this its own set of unique challenges and and certainly for the authority we went we went through a number of uh, processes in order to a understand what our future looked like in both near term and long term and long term i'm not necessarily suggesting the next 20 years but more in a uh, you know two to three year window and by doing so, I, I think it crystallized for us in many respects what what steps we needed to take as an organization in order to deal with the the byproduct of the pandemic, namely, you know, stabilizing the organization, understanding that um, you know we had a limited amount of financial resources for, from which we could draw upon. So, uh, you know, first few months were really tough decisions in regards to staffing, expenses, you know, expense reductions, um, you know, looking at every aspect of the operation in order to 
minimize our cash draw on the limited reserves that we that we had. Uh, and, and we did that through the first uh, 90 to 120 days. And, and that was tough because you're dealing with people, people's lives, uh, operations and, and, uh, and so forth. And when going through that, um, you know, we, we stabilized the organization uh, and simultaneous to that, we started taking steps really to prepare ourselves for the future. Uh, First order of business was our business return plan, uh, which we uh, uh, drew upon our existing staff and crafted a program under which we would be ready to accept events uh, once the uh, once the, the the public was ready to come back for that. Um, other steps that we took were certainly developing protocols that we could share with the leadership of the state that could be drawn upon in uh, executive orders that uh, we, we knew were prop- was likely going to continue to go forward as people were grappling with controlling the pandemic. Uh, so we drew upon some uh, resources within the industry on uh, you know how best to position convention trade shows within a venue and what sort of processes and procedures may need to be in place to allow those events to occur. And we're, uh, I think, successful in many regards of helping guide the uh, information that was uh, placed in, uh, you know, executive orders, procedures, and processes at a state level. Uh, and then thirdly, we, we knew we had to deal with, um, you know, just basics of how a meeting planner, how a customer would uh, want to feel when they came back in for a live event. So our initial focus was on uh, sanitation, hygiene, training our staff uh, in, in and around those protocols. And so we were fortunate to be called upon to lead a, uh, a, an effort by our International Association of Venue Managers, uh, namely the uh, uh, GBAC Star Venue uh, Procedure. So uh, our team actually developed the uh, template, if you will, uh, working in concert with uh, Brett Mitchell uh, at Overland Park, Kansas, and he co-chaired the task force along with me. And so we worked very hard uh, during those early months of April, May, June to create a template that was transferable to other venues of different sizes, whether it be a performing arts facility, convention center, stadium, whatever it may be. Uh, and, and we're able to lead that effort for our industry. And, and, and I think very successfully so. We uh, realize now that a number of venues are, are taking advantage of that work and have expanded, uh, quite honestly, that STAR certification along a broader front. So, uh, the, the first few months were really dealing with those types of things, recognizing that meetings and conventions, we were already getting feedback. We're not going to come back into the facility in 2020. Um, but it really preparing ourselves in the organization and be ready for that time when, when people were comfortable with coming back. So hope, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned that 2020 brought challenges that were unheard of, and it's a year like none other. 
know that this isn't the first time that our industry that you've dealt with, you know, crisis that have you know, slowed the slowed our industry down with 2008 financial crisis, 9/11, other economic recessions. Where there, they've all brought their fair share of problems and and solutions. Have you used lessons learned from those times uh, that kind of helps you guide guide you through, uh, you know, this year? I think the, the, the key lesson learned is is don't panic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you, each of those circumstances, uh, you know, we're we're some we're certainly similar in many respects, but we're also different. Um, and so, if you if you don't panic and sort of keep your wits about you and really focus in on the problem, you know what that's in front of you, and draw upon the talent that's around you to uh, help create procedures. Uh, programs to address the, uh, you know, the customer concerns in in those unique environments, uh, then you know that's that's the best lesson you could possibly learn because you know the financial crisis was not a shutdown of the industry, uh, certainly a shrinking of it, but it never shut down. H one N one again, the industry didn't shut down it. It shrunk, and there may have been. There was probably a, as I recall, a short window of time that there were some cancellations of events. And, and certainly, I was not here at the time in Atlanta. But those uh, those circumstances were, you know, uh, the country had gone through financial crisis in the past. Uh, it, it's gone through health issues in the past, um, but this was. The, the one we are going have gone through and are, I think, seeing sort of the tail end, hopefully the tail end of it, um, you know, it's very different than those other things where, as I said previously, it's just a total shutdown of the marketplace. And, uh, and I've not seen that in my, in, in my uh, professional career. One of the things that I have admired about you and the leadership that you provide is that I think you've, you've taken up pragmatic approach as it pertains to building up our cash reserves is in, and you mentioned that earlier is something that, you know, we had to go through those, but we had them in place to kind of help us through that. Is that something that, that you, you learned that is it the importance of that, you know, through other crisis or is that just your approach to, to. It's, 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 uh, it's probably a combination of both. Um, you know, I think that, experiences allow you to see things that uh, you want to take advantage of as you look in towards the future. And, and certainly my style is, is really a, a lot more pragmatic in terms of how you approach a particular problem or situation and, and try to manage it, uh, manage through it uh, using the talent that you have around you. And, and we've been fortunate not only have a great book of business that has allowed us to do, you know, a number of things, reinvest back into the facility with our own resources, invest in our um, uh, other uh, employees' retirement benefits through the health OPIP trust fund, which is future retiree health benefits, and to build up a, you know, a cash reserve. And so over the course of certainly my tenure here, uh, you know, the last 10, 10, 11 years that that, that latter was, in, from my perspective, was, you know, really established as 
a fund that we could draw upon for emergencies that may surface down the road that we that the operation wouldn't be able to absorb. So we were fortunate to have a the book of business to do that and a and a supportive board that had embraced that as a policy. So uh, we put a put away um, money uh, over the as I said over the last ten years and were able to build that build that fund up. You know, to about sixteen million dollars, fifteen to sixteen million dollars, which you know has allowed us to weather from March to December last year uh, that that storm, and has positioned us as we look to the to the future to still manage through the first uh, you know the back half of this fiscal year twenty one, which is still going to be a little uh, tenuous. I mean, we're we were beginning to see events come back in. Uh, certainly, in the youth sports area, has has been a big um, part of our event portfolio. Portfolio, and, and realized that really last fall, we were beginning to see that that may be the, uh, the the first events that were open to coming back into the facility and gathering for those uh, events that we not only experienced November and December last year, but also the, the uh, what would be our third quarter of fiscal 2021. 20, uh, so youth sports, uh, some consumer shows, uh, you know, are, are uh, still interested in going forward. Uh, but convention and trade shows are sort of the last ones. And uh, I think, you know, with the American College of Cardiology on the horizon for us in May of this year, uh, I think that's going to be a, a really uh, you know, a good step forward for the industry in general, uh, and and certainly our being able to take the plans that we developed last spring and summer and test them in November and December, and then further refine them in January of this year into February has been an outstanding opportunity for us as an organization before we you know, step back in a big way in the convention trade show marketplace. Yeah. One of the, one of the great things about this podcast is I've been able to speak with some of those show players, especially the ones from little big South and big South. And they, they were, you know, very positive about what we did. What lessons have we learned from those events that you think will carry over as we welcome, you know, bigger trade shows and conventions back? I think a number of things, but the ones that really stand out for me is, you know, last uh, last fall we developed uh, what we now call an all hands on deck approach to event management, and basically that means that top to bottom, every person that remains in the organization has a role to play in supporting an event, uh, and and that does a, a number of things for us. It, it allows us to get perspectives from individuals in the organization that have never, you know, cleaned a, a public bathroom or a swept a floor or pick up chairs. And so as we've done debriefs, uh, certainly from the most recent uh, event back in uh, January, um, you know, we, we pick up perspectives that, um, you know, I think help us refine our, our policies and procedures in supporting an event. I think that's one one big aspect of, of what we're learning is that 
what someone that may set a chair day in and day out last January, last January or February of, of 20. Uh, we have new people doing that today that have not done that. So uh, what may have been a routine before isn't a routine to someone that's doing it for the first time. So you, you gain information from that that helps you uh, maybe uh, improve you know, how we go about setting a chair or at least that, you know, challenges us to uh, understand, well, why are we doing it this way? Why couldn't we do it this way, which may be better at the end, you know, for all of us. So I think that's one key learning experience from what we're, what we're doing. I think that the, the other aspect of, of that though, is that from a preservation of capital, financial resources, it allows us to, uh, maximize the net return that we would realize off of each of those events so that we're not uh, bringing in staff uh, or temporary staff or part-time staff. Uh, so it allows us to preserve capital uh, and, and, and continue to be prepared for those instances when an event now makes a determination that the timing's not right for them and therefore gives us an additional cushion to, to work with as we go forward, you know, into the, the balance of this fiscal year, and then really sets us up, I think, for success in FY22. Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned the all hands on deck approach. This is, I, I've been at the authority for, for almost five years, but this was my first, it's my first job in the, the venue uh, management industry. And, uh, you know, being able to, to help with the housekeeping and, and room setting and stuff has really changed my perspective on, um, you know, on, on how things operate. And it's really been an eye-opening experience. It's something that I've been very grateful for. And, um, and I think too, and I appreciate you sharing that. I, I think too, what it also brings to the table is, is more of the intangible. And that is a greater appreciation from people with on the team that don't do those tasks day in and day out for exactly what, into the staff members that do it day in and day out, what they're doing for the organization. So I, I think that sort of builds a, a level of camaraderie that have shared experiences that um, allow us, I think, as individuals within the organization to, to gain a greater appreciation for the team member that does clean a bathroom or sets chairs or you know cleans up outside the building or and does some sort of mechanical work in the facility. So that's a that's a byproduct of all this that I I believe will help build organizationally us in a much stronger team with a greater appreciation for what everyone does, that they all of us have a role to play, all of us have function, but we should never take the other individual for granted in terms of what they're doing on behalf of the total organization. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but moving forward, looking forward, I know we we've youth sports and cheer events have started to come back. You know, there's there's larger conventions on the docket this year. Are you are you confident in what the outlook uh, for the future looks like? Do you think the I know the vaccine is a huge key part of that. Do you feel like business will return uh, pretty quickly once you know we reach herd immune, immunity through the vaccine? Sure. Uh, now, and I'll give you sort of a couple levels of, of answers to that question. The question, I think for 
Uh, for us as an authority, 21, 2021 is going to be uh, sort of a tale of two cities. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the first half of the year is going to, uh, you know, continue to be a, a bit volatile, although we're seeing, as I said, the youth sports consumer events uh, stabilize uh, for us. Uh, and that's also, co- you know, coincides with the vaccine distribution that's going on across the country and certainly in Georgia. So as though as that act, the vaccine gets pushed more and more out to the general public and the number of new cases and hospitalizations and unfortunately deaths that uh, continue to decline, which we're beginning to see, you know, somewhat in Georgia and around the country. So as that vaccine moves through, then it will give individuals, uh, I think, a bit more confidence in terms of I can now go out in the public and, and interact with people. Uh, so I think the first half of the year is going to be sort of in that space. Uh, the second half of the calendar year, as we enter into FY22, I think will be a, a sort of the second city, if you will, because the, the level and frequency of events that we're uh, having on our, our, our books right now does appear to stabilize. We're still getting a few little movements of uh, events that are on that sort of cusp that would be in the first part of the fiscal year, July, August time period that uh, are looking at later dates. Uh, not not all are doing later dates, but I think we'll see a little bit of that uh, uh, sort of movement around. Uh, and then as we get into the fall and certainly into the balance of fiscal 22 next, uh, you know, in January of, of the next year, um, I think it, I think we'll, we'll be in, in somewhat, you know, certainly full recovery mode. Um, be in, in, so I don't mean to fumble around here, but I, I think with convention trade shows, it's a bit, it's a bit, different because there are such a longer lead that date decisions you know today we may not have the space for them to come back in you know in in the following year so uh i think that that part of it uh you know i think is not troublesome but i think we just have to keep an eye on it to uh, work with the customers to ensure that we're giving them all the information they need to properly plan for their meeting. And that's occurring on a day in and day out basis. But I think there'll still be a little bit of contraction with those groups. Maybe the attendance won't be the same amount of space might be different. Um, but we'll just have to you know, work through that. But I do think that FY22, fiscal 22 will be a, a much better year than for FY. Uh, 21 will end at it. Certainly, fiscal year 23 and beyond are are very very strong for us. You know, I've I've spoken with with a couple of meeting planners and and you know heard conversations with, with the customer advisory board that we had earlier this year. Do you and the consensus seems to be that that while the virtual meeting and the hybrid approach was was needed and and helped sustain the industry a little bit this year that we want in-person meetings and that that's important for us. Do you think that the hybrid model will be with us for a while? Do you think it will be 
initially what we see more of and then it will phase out will be in-person meetings do you think you know what the changes this will bring yeah it's a it's a question that that certainly i've thought about quite a bit yeah. um, I, I do think on the on the near term you know next year two years that uh, you know the use of uh, zoom and Microsoft Teams or whatever other platform out there for uh, online uh, engagement for convention trade shows is, is going to be a part of their portfolio. Um, it certainly can't be for the entire meeting. Yeah. It, it would be more selective in, in, in how they would apply that. You know, is it is it going to be a, embraced as as sort of the new tool to use on a going forward basis longer term? Um, you know, I, I think it'll be very selective in terms of which groups may use that or find it to be a financially rewarding approach for certain content that uh, they want to push out for those individuals that don't would not normally attend a convention pre-pandemic. So uh, I think that's that meeting planners will try to figure that out in terms of their own individual uh, convention or trade show. The good news for us is that we're positioned either way yeah. with the, the uh, infrastructure necessary to support live streaming of the activities associated with the meeting or an event. So whichever route they would ultimately utilize, whether it be a lot or a little, uh, we're very capable of flexing with them. Uh, I, I will hasten to add that uh, I, I don't no, it's. I don't see it as a as a replacement to in person meetings. Yeah, I mean, I, and I've been around long enough where I can remember. Uh, you know, in the day, and this would go back into the eighties, uh, where video teleconferencing was introduced, <laughs> and everyone thought, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be the end of the meetings industry in in general," and and it never happened. Um, it was a great, fancy, nice tool to use, and it was utilized for uh, you know some some aspects, but it never replaced face to face engagement. There's there's no substitute for people, you know, interacting with the product directly, and in particular for big purchases or 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 adult learning, which is what associations and trade shows deliver to their membership. I just don't see it as a total replacement for for that uh, that that opportunity because you gain so much more outside the classroom by your interaction with your colleagues uh, than uh, just being online and, and watching someone deliver you know, a presentation. Yeah, people people want to network, and I think you I think you you have to be in person to really succeed at that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before I let you go, I have one final question. You, you mentioned it earlier that you you're in constant contact with with clients and and uh, meeting planners. What is what is the biggest source of your optimism moving forward? I think it's uh, in, sort of touched on it, you know, somewhat previously that people crave the ability to interact mm-hmm. in in person, and that's part of our psyche is, you know, as human beings uh, that you, you don't, you can't live, you, you don't want to live in isolation to, to the world. I mean, you see that happening today in Atlanta, Georgia with you know, 
the, the restaurants that have reopened and people flocking to them, even with you know, limited capacity. Uh, shopping malls, uh, you know, where the people go out on, on whether they're buying anything or not, they're out interacting with other people. Um, and, and so yeah, I think the, just anecdotally, you see the byproduct of that, the, the, the desire for people to go to sporting events. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're realizing that in, in real time with the events that we've had surrounding cheer sports and volleyball this far. So it, it's, it, it's just part of our psyche as individuals that you want to interact with other people. Don't, and you want to be in a, a situation where it's face-to-face that you can learn, network, socialize, uh, whatever your priorities are at that point. And, to do it, you know, in a in a mech, you know in a process that we're utilizing right now is, is good for uh, you know for what we needs to be accomplished under current circumstances, but it's not the ideal solution long term. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, that, that's what gives me optimism. And I guess the one last thing I'd say is that you know going back over my career, where we've had situations where the same question came up, whether it be the financial crisis or the introduction of video teleconferencing or you know, H1N1 flu, is this the end of face-to-face meetings? And in each instance, each instance, you've seen the industry rebound and in many respects, but stronger than it was before because they take advantage of the, the circumstances that may have caused a, a temporary change in the meeting uh, plan, meeting process to make the event much stronger and the content much better for those that uh, would be attending their convention or event or or whatever it may be. Well, Mr. Powell, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that listeners will really get a lot out of this. So thank you once again. Absolutely. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you.